Here's my favorite line that I say, one of my paces, buyers are liars, sellers are worse. <laughs> and if you give them permission to, to lie in the first couple of minutes, they will. So you need yeah. to give them permission not to lie and be overly transparent. What's up, y'all? You're listening to the Carrot Cast podcast, the podcast with a funny name, but a big mission. We help thousands of real estate investors and agents grow rock solid mindsets, do better marketing so that you can build a business of freedom and impact. I'm your host, Trevor Mock. Let's dive into today's episode. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to this episode of the Carrot Cast, and we're diving into negotiation. And if you're just now uh, tapping into this negotiation series, I want you guys and gals to go back and check out the other episodes as well, because our aim with this whole series is, that, is to actually help you close more of your leads into deals, because there's a lot of people that are going out there saying, I want more leads, I want more leads. But what if you just close more of the leads you're already getting into deals so you didn't have to hustle for more leads or buy more leads, make better use of the ones you've got today. So uh, today I've got an amazing guest. Many of you guys and gals already recognize Mr. Pace Morby, who I will introduce here in a second. But the big thing we want to get out of this part of the series, y'all, is this is number one with John Martinez and Steve Trang, they walk through the process kind of start to finish. They walk through what would we do when the phone call came in? You know, how do you kind of open up and build trust and, and rapport? You know, what 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 is the process start to finish? Okay, Bo Hollis kind of talked about his overall look and, and how he thinks about uh, the seller, how he really builds that trust. Uh, but, he, but we didn't really go start to finish. And he walked around and, and showed exactly how he's going to uh, do it without scripts and without really feeling like he's got to say the exact thing every single time. It's just building relationship. And one thing I love about pace is uh, these things that we call pacisms. And it's these little tiny nuggets that he throws out there to sellers to really build the relationship, uh, advance the conversation to the next part. And pace is one of the best closers in the game. And so I want to bring pace on here. So pace, welcome on to the series, man. Thank you, brother. I'm, I'm super honored. I've got you know, guys way ahead of me, Steve Trang, John Martinez, and Bo, those are all three highly, highly powerful uh, people in this industry. So I appreciate you being me, you know, letting me get included in those four guys. Dude, so if, if I were to pick, uh, like I was saying with Bo when he was on, I'm like, if I were to pick my top four closers, if I was going to go into business with people and I was going to generate the leads and they had to close, it'd be you four. Uh, and there, there's some other amazing closers out there as well. You know, there's other tons of amazing closers, but as I wait, I love the way that you approach the game. Um, not only, you know, which we're not going to dive into on this one. We talked about in the previous carrot cast with you. You have a lot of strategies to close those deals subject to owner finance, the whole toolbox, <clears throat> but we're going to talk about how you actually interact with that seller. And so <clears throat> before we dig into that, why don't you kind of let people know who the heck are you, man? Um, for those, for the few that don't know who Pace Morby is yet. Yes. Hey guys, my name is Pace Morby. Um, I've been a real estate investor for nearly 10 years and my background was primarily being a contractor. I was a contractor for open door offer pad Zillow. I did tons and tons and tons of turns is what we called them because there were never really massive renovations for those companies. They were like $40,000, $50,000 turns, right? That we'd be in and out in less than 30 days. We've done over 7,000 renovations. And that seems cool. It seems really, really cool that I understand just about every nuance and, um, you know, undertone of what could go wrong um, on a house. I know everything about a house. And it's ironic that I thought that's what I needed to learn in order to get into real estate. And now the last thing I ever bring up to a seller is what the house looks like, the condition, et cetera. I don't ever bring it up. So um, I learned, or actually what rather I thought that I had to know all these things in order to get into real estate. And I was watching all these other knuckleheads that I was working for. These fix and flippers that absolutely knew nothing. They were making all the money. And I was the contractor begging to get my, my paycheck at the end of the project finally ventured into doing my first couple of fix and flips after just gaining enough courage and, you know, motivation. I finally jump into it. Long story short, um, go on an amazing, amazing journey. And I get rid of my construction background. I get rid of everything else I was doing because I realized real estate was the only way for me to make consistent money and have control over it. And in that process, I realized how good I was at talking to people. And so 
I started taking people around with me and going on appointments. And I became known in Arizona as the guy who just randomly takes people on appointments <laughs> and shows them exactly what this business looks like. I then became known as the creative finance guy because it's the number one thing that I love talking about, you know, subject to seller finance, novation agreements, hybrids, all sorts of really, really fun things. Um, but we're not going to talk about that today. I enjoy talking to sellers so much that it is not a necessity in my business for me to go on appointments anymore, but I still weekly reach out to my team and go, what are your most challenging sellers and who can I go meet with? So I love talking about this topic. It is so critically important for you guys to understand you don't know, you don't need to know everything to get into this game and you don't need to know everything to be good at this game. One thing you really, really need to know is that you just need to be comfortable and understand that you're just talking to another human being. Um, and you're talking to a human being typically that knows way less about real estate than you do, even if you just found out what wholesale was two days ago. Hmm. I'm telling you, these sellers, um, you know, they, it's really interesting to watch wholesalers. They get super intimidated going on appointments or talking to sellers over the phone if you're doing it virtually, which, you know, primarily we're doing the, everything virtually. When you realize how little these sellers understand about real estate, there is no more intimidation. So I now, um, we do a lot of fix and flip. We have hundreds of doors that we own for uh, cash flow. all of them purchased with creative finance. I don't use any loans. I don't go out and use any of my own credit. And I've kind of become known as that guy that will show people like last 30 days, we acquired 51 pads of mobile home parks, 51 in 30 days. That's crazy. It's about a net of $8,500 a month in net cash flow after all debt service, maintenance, you know, savings account, all those types of things, taxes paid, $8,500 on a couple of deals that I will make for the rest of my life and my legacy will make for the rest of their life. So in the other episode with Trevor, where I actually made it to Roseburg in person, we talk a lot more about creative finance strategies. That's not for today. Yep. We're going to talk about the most fun part of this business, which is hanging out with your sellers and talking to them over the phone. Dude. So I absolutely love uh pace that you said, hanging out with your sellers. Cause I talked to so many investors who, who kind of for, for better or worse, use the seller as the gateway to a, a cash transaction, a gateway to profit for themselves. And they would never want to hang out with the seller for a drink for beer. You know, they, they don't like their clients. And, and I think that's one big telling thing for investors where it's going to be easy to get burnt out in an industry or in a job, if you don't truly have a passion for your clients. Now, are you going to love every one of them? No, but we need to have a, a, a love for our client. We need to uh, want to be able to, like you said, to hang out with the client and not just rush through that interaction just to get to the check. So absolutely love, love, love that you said that, man. So, well, uh, to, to jump on that just real quick. So one of the things I've learned from you, um, you know, and you talked about this a handful of times. It's one of my favorite topics to talk about with you is drafting out your perfect day. Okay. And for me, you know, listening to your perfect day made me want to sit down and draft out my perfect day. And so I did that. It's actually in multiple uh, decks that I go and present on stage. I now talk about Trevor Mock taught me this and da, 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 and I go through my thing. And part of that is the relationships that are around me on a daily basis, okay? So we all have our friends from high school. Some of us have friends from, from college. Some of us have friends from our previous nine to five jobs or whatever. I have selected in my life a very specific type of person that I want to be around. Mm. And it is so interesting to see that over the years of being in this business, I have collected about 15 or 20 of my sellers over the last couple of years who have fit that category. <laughs> and we go on double dates together. They are my private lenders. Like people who are selling houses at a discount to me for cash have become my private lenders and some of my greatest friends. I'll text them and I'll say, hey, I'm on a live right now. Do you want to jump on a live with me and tell me about our transaction from four years ago? Guys, these people can truly become your friend. You have to understand it is not a you versus them. It is a, an us situation trying to accomplish a, a, a common goal where we both make money. And if you understand that, you'll start looking at sellers, not as sellers, but as potential people to hang out with. Dude, I, I, I love that. I want to dig into the mobile home one a little bit because people might be saying, okay, 
So you were able to get a transaction, uh, a, a deal that's going to pay out about eight, 8500 bucks a month for mm -hmm. forever. Um, and so before we dive into the pay systems, before we dive into what to say, and maybe we can even use that one as an example, um, what was the motivation for the seller in that case? And kind of what was that win-win for them that you guys ended up getting to? Okay, so uh, Yuma, Arizona is a place that we're focusing on right now. And there's a reason for that. Yuma is not trampled with competition at all, right? You got the Phoenixes and the Dallases and you know, California and some of the other places that are just highly, highly, highly competitive. And we operate in Phoenix. We operate in what I believe is the most competitive market, which is Phoenix, Arizona. But we operate in other smaller markets because it's a little bit um, easier to get a hold of the seller. So we branched down to Yuma, still driving distance from us, and we wanted to accumulate actual assets, not just doing cash transactions. People are moving from California into Yuma because, hey, I'm close enough to my family in um, California. I could drive two hours and see my family. I don't have to drive too far, but the cost of living is not even a half, not even 50% of the cost of living in California. Mm. So people are perfectly fine with paying high rent rates. So we go, you know what, let's start accumulating mobile home parks. So we pull a list and we started cold calling um, essentially tired landlords, people who own these mobile home parks, but now they're in their 60s and their 70s and they're like, you know, I don't want to hand this down to my children because my children would actually do a poor job of managing this. Yeah. And so motivation number one is capital gains. Mm -hmm. So I'm buying these on seller finance. And so what we can do is we can spread those capital gains over a long period of time. And we actually have ways around even paying capital gains, utilizing trusts and whatnot. Well, that's a whole nother topic for another day. Happy to come back and talk about that. That one is so fun. Mm. Being able to go to a seller and say, hey, you know what? This is a $700,000 mobile home park. You're going to have to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars in tax, but I can show you how to pay $0 in tax and sell it to me on seller finance. Gotcha. Another topic for another day. So huge motivation for them. Not only do they get a good dollar amount, but they also get to keep it all as long as they're willing to take those payments over time. So that's motivation number one. Motivation number two is again, they're in their you know, later part of life. And if they have another person that calls them and says, hey, such and such is broken, you know, or hey, the septic tank is such and such, and there's a crack and it's leaking into the, they just have lived 30 years or 40 years getting those phone calls. And they finally go, you know what? I can become the bank here and I don't have to take these phone calls anymore. And so we step into their position. They still get a check every single month. They just don't get the phone calls that come with those checks. We do, right? So um, the way we have these conversations with these sellers is we'll call them up and say, hey, are you open to a cash offer on these, right? And I always start with a cash offer. Yep. Always, always, always start with a cash offer. And there's a couple of reasons why. Number one, when they say, man, all you, all you investors are calling me and blowing me up, it always gives me an opportunity to say, yeah, you know what? You're right. I'm sure you're getting a ton of lowball offers. Where are those lowball offers hitting or where are they landing? Mm. And why have you not accepted one of them? Gotcha. Yep. And I open it right up because I love talking about cash because that's typically one of the answers they give. And then I jump right into it and I go, well, we actually buy houses multiple different ways. We can get into that. But what would be a perfect scenario? If you had a magic wand right now and you could wave that wand, what would be a scenario in which you would sell this property? Mm. And we get them to start talking. The number one line I use in every phone call is catch me up to speed. Mm. Catch me up to speed mm. because it's ambiguous enough. It doesn't sound salesman-y. Yep. It's an open-ended question that gets them talking. Just catch me up to speed. Every once in a while, a seller will say something like, what, what do you mean? You go, well, you know, you've owned this property for 20 years is what it looks like. Yep. Catch me up to speed. How, how is it operating for you? Are you yep. happy about it? And they're like, man, are you not interested in buying it? And if they say I'm not interested in selling it, I go, teach me how you bought this. <laughs> I'm, another, I'm another investor. I want to be your friend. I want to network with you. I want to be friends with you because if you've owned a mobile home park for 30 plus years, you have 30 years of knowledge that I want you gotcha. to impart on me. Dude, that, that right there is good, man. Yeah, that's actually how we got this deal. Mm. 
So this gentleman who, um, you know, now treated me like I was his grandson because I said, granddad, I didn't say that literally, but I made him feel that way. I said, granddad, teach me your ways. My goal is to be you someday. Tell me the path you walked down. How did you acquire this? What do you like about it? What do you not like about it? What should I watch out for when I'm buying other mobile home parks? And now this four minute conversation of I'm annoyed you called me turns into a seminar where I'm learning $50,000 of information in about an hour long conversation. That's cool. Right. So we get on this call, great call, had a great time with the guy. A week later, I call him back up and I say, Hey, I've got another deal about two miles down the road. I'm just curious. What are your thoughts on this area in town? Because guys, I now am friends with my seller. I can call him and ask him questions. This is the thing that Trevor just hopefully unlocked in your brain at the very beginning of this Mm. is that you can talk to your sellers as as if they are friends because they should be your friends. Gotcha. Mm, Love it. So I call him up and I go, yeah, I'm buying it for this and I'm getting 0% seller finance, but you know, it's a $40,000 down payment. The guy goes, man, who in the hell would do 0% seller finance? And I go, well, you know, a guy that I'm giving him the number he wants. Yep. Yep. And we get into a conversation. He ends up selling the property to me for 2% on seller finance with $0 down, Mm. taking over his park. And there's like eight mobile home pads that are empty. And so we're going to go in, I'm going to raise a little bit of money and fill those up. And then, you know, whatever. But the number one way I got this guy was treating him like a friend and saying, I've got another deal, which gives credibility, Yep. Yep. right? Third-party stories gives credibility. That's one of my biggest negotiating tactics is telling a third-party story. Mm. Hey, a previous seller did this for me, or hey, normally other sellers I've bought from do X, Y, and Z. What would you do? Those types of things. In this situation, it was like, showing him that he had competition two miles down the road in selling me their property. Uh, And he wanted to almost be like, well, don't put all your money into that deal. Put your money into my deal. Dude, guys, there's, there's a few amazing things to unpack here. So uh, that was, that was so fun going into that story. And I'm glad we did. I'm I'm glad we did because oftentimes seeing a real scenario, you know, a real situation uh, that has an outcome that a lot of people on this call want. A lot of people would love 8,500 a month and cash flow are coming out of it. So there's a couple of amazing things here, y'all. First of all, uh, when Pace when Pace talked about it, you know, the catch catch me up to speed. So that's an amazing nugget. Uh, it just gets the person talking, and it's non salesy, which I love, love, love. Um, and then the other part, the other part of it, uh, as well as the magic wand. You know, that, that question works so well with all kinds of things. It could be, it works amazingly well with my team members. It works amazingly well with, you know, any scenario. Your wife. Yeah, your wife, exactly. And <laughs> um, can you say say that phrase again? Because that's when people can start using all over the place to get clarity on exactly what that person wants. So now you have a foot to, to stand on. Yeah, so um, there's two lines I use here. So a seller will say a lot of times, well, I don't know what price I would sell for, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of sellers say they don't, but they always do. I've never ran into a seller that I can't extract the price from. And the way I do that is one of actually three ways. So first way is I say, well, let's say the seller says, well, I don't know. Actually, I'd, I have no idea what I would sell the property for. And I go, well, imagine you had a magic wand and you could make any scenario happen. Mm-hmm. What would that scenario look like if you did have that magic wand, mm-hmm. right? And it's kind of a softer, like, giving them a magic wand and giving the, making them feel like they now have the power to create any scenario and you're giving them that power and it creates rapport. It's really interesting. The psychological thing that happens where people stop, they pause and they go, wow, you're giving me the power for a minute. Yep. This is fun. So that's first way I do it. The second line that I use is I say, so seller will say, actually, I have no idea what I would want to sell the house for. And I go, well, imagine you did know mm-hmm. what would that number look like? It's so interesting how simple and stupid that is. Yeah. But they, I go, well, imagine you did know what the number was. What would it look like? And I just revert it right back. So that's a, sec- that's a second way. A third way I do this, which works so well, is telling a story about Craigslist. I bring Craigslist yeah. into my stories so frequently where I go, hey, uh, seller says, well, I actually don't have a clue what I would sell the house for. Just throw me an offer. 
And I go, okay, well, have you ever sold a car or anything on Craigslist? And the sellers typically say yes, like most people have or offer up or eBay or something. And they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I go, okay, could you imagine selling a car and saying, make me an offer mm, yeah. on Craigslist? No way. No way. I mean, your $5,000 vehicle is going to get a $0 offer or a $500 offer. I say, so I always say, I always, they go, yeah, yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense. I go, yeah. So instead of us starting with my number, which you're not going to like my number, mm. you're just not going to like my number. I want to stay on the phone call with you and let's have a conversation. But if we start with my number, this phone call is going to end real quick. So yeah. let's start with your number, even if it's unreasonable. And let's start there mm. because I want to make you happy, right? Yeah. This is a, a win-win. Da, 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 da. And I go, and if that doesn't work, I'll dig, which it always does other than like every once in a while, they'll go, ah, I just don't know. Mm. I'll go back and I say, you know, it's crazy. You would never sell a car on Craigslist and say, make me an offer. But here we are talking about your largest asset and you're telling me to just make you an offer. Mm, yep. yep. I would never do that. Let's start with a number that would make you happy. Mm. And dude, in those scenarios, do you think the person truly doesn't know the value or are they just like, you know what? I don't want to be the first to give a number. Um, which I think that that's a big part of it that they're, or they're afraid of leaving money on the table. Right. And we also are all taught, like you said, you don't want to be the first one to speak. So Mm -hmm. I give them permission. I constantly give them permission to speak first. And, um, I tell them why, right. Here's, here's one of the biggest reasons why I'm a great negotiator is because I tell the seller why I'm doing what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So for example, Um, most people shroud it in like secrecy and they make it a sales process. What I do is I tell sellers, I go, look, you don't want to start with my number and here's why Mm. it's going to be so dramatically low that you're going to hang up on me. Mm. So let's not start with my, my number (laughs) and let's start with yours. And you, I tell them why we don't want to start with my number. Let's just not go down that road. I don't want to offend you. And if you're going to let me make an offer, I don't think that you're as serious about selling this house and getting the best number possible as I, as I hope you are. Yeah. And so you give them a reason why, and they will typically go, that makes sense. Let's move forward. Now they have permission to do all, those, uh, all of those things. I also have learned giving them, um, like giving them some of the ground, right? We've got some ground between us. And I'll give them things like, well, you know, I'm, I imagine you want this, or I imagine you want a certain timeline, or I imagine you want this, and I can accommodate all of those things. Yeah. Whatever it is in their world that they're trying to accomplish, which you've already talked about this with um, John Martinez and Steve Trang and Bo of like figuring out what they want, right? There's a process that Steve and John go through, and Steve goes through what we call the submarine method, which you're going from compartment to compartment to compartment. So I'm not going to hammer on any of that stuff. You've already done that. Mm. Go, guys, go back and watch those previous episodes. Steve Trang is dope. John Martinez is dope. Bo Hollis is dope. So go learn those things. But as you're going through the compartment, you find out what they want. And what I will typically do is give up some of those things that they want in order for them to feel like they have the power, even though I'm directing them to where I want them to go. I like it, dude. So you just talked price there. So you talked about how to, how to kind of start that conversation there. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that's, that's happening a lot right now, of course, is the market's really competitive in, in Phoenix. Yeah. You guys probably have you know, multiple buyers, um, uh, for each deal. How do you, how do you address that scenario where that seller's already talked to three, four, five other investors and, and you're then going to position to go, Hey, here's why you should work with me. How do you address that scenario? So I call it scorching mother earth. And I, I'm sorry for anybody that has to go up against me. <laughs> but I start the conversation off with one question. The question is, so um, Tammy Smith, let's say is their name. So Tammy, how will you know you've made the right decision once you sign somebody's contract? How will you know that? Yep. And then she, she'll they'll either say, I don't know, which I will then feed them five things that they need. And I'll give you those five things in a second. Or B, they'll tell me one or two th- reasons why. Of like, well, I want the highest price and I want the blah, blah, blah. Okay, great. So if you get those prices, you already know those people are the people you want to work with. Is that correct? Mm. Oh, yeah, that's right. And I go, okay, well, what about their ability to perform? Mm. Or what about how much money they put down for earnest? What about how um, long their inspection period is? So Mm. if 
the seller says, no, I don't know what I, what I want. I then start planting seeds of doubt towards the other investors. I do this to like, I do this in almost every appointment because right now every appointment has tremendous amount of competition. So I'll say, how are the other conversations going with the other investors? They never told me that they were talking to other investors. I just asked that question. Almost the first step I make into their foyer in their home or within 30 seconds on the phone. Hmm. And I just did this live on YouTube a couple of months ago where I spoke, I just called sellers for four hours, right? My team set up a, um, just 15 minute phone call increments for three or four hours. And I just had this call and it was the same question over and over and over. How are the conversations going with the other investors? That's literally the line. Yep. How are the other conversations going? Or how are the conversations going with the other investors? And it brings that black swan right to the front. Yep. Yep. Right. Because there's two black swans. It's either another investor that you don't know about, or it's a real estate agent that's trying to list the property. One of those two, two things are going to try and screw you over. And if you don't bring it right to the forefront, you're going to be battling an unknown enemy the entire time. Mm, so I bring it right up to the front. How are the conversations going with the other investors? Or another line I use is, um, so what did your real estate agent say about this? Hmm. And they've never brought up a real estate agent. Now, most wholesalers, most real estate investors are like, are you kidding me? You're going to bring the fact that they've got other. Yes, you need to confront these things as quickly as possible right in the very beginning of the conversation, because that gives them permission to be honest in the very, very beginning, because Here's my favorite line that I say, one of my paysisms, not to sellers. I never say this to sellers. <laughs> Buyers are liars. Sellers are worse. <laughs> and if you give them permission to, to lie in the first couple of minutes, they will. So you need yeah. to give them permission not to lie and be overly transparent. How are the conversations going with the other investors? And they'll tell me and I go, great. So let me ask you a question. Why am I here? <laughs> Because if you're already talking to three or four other investors, they must not have given you the thing that you want. Yeah. So what is the reason you haven't signed with one of them? And what can I do to be that person that you signed with? Dude, that's so good, man. That's, that's so good. Because uh, one, one thing you said a bit ago, you said planting seeds down. And that's something for, <clears throat> for years, you know, we, we do it here at Carrot when we say, you know, how many leads and deals are you okay with losing because of an underperforming website? And they go, well, shoot, I don't know. You know, if, if your average profit per deal is 20,000 bucks, um, man, I don't, I don't want to lose any. I, I don't want to lose any deals this year from an underperforming website. And you start to plant the seeds of doubt and then you can build it back up. And so, guys, this is so, so important what Pace is teaching you here because a lot of people are going in with that, just that punch, you know, the punchline script where it's like, all right, you know, talk about the house first, right? And talk about your price. And they're not really talking about those other situations and scenarios around the conversations that Pace is talking about. So back over to you, man. So they, you ask them the question, uh, what usually happens next? Um, they'll start telling me, well, uh, so let's say, let me jump into the question. So, mm. so how will you know you've made the right decision, mm. right? Like based on the fact that you're talking to three or four other people, how will you know you've made the right decision? And if they say, well, you know, I want my, I want a price. Right. I want a price or I want a timeline. I go, okay, great. So how important is it to you to make sure that these people have the financial ability to close on your home? Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of sellers are getting, starting to become educated on what a wholesaler is because it's been around for quite a while and social media and YouTube and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. But they, uh, they don't even know what that means. Well, yeah. why would somebody give me an offer on my house if they don't have the ability to sell it? Mm. Okay. And so, or I'm sorry, buy it. So I'll go into it and I'll go, well, have you ever heard those infomercials or, you know, TV ads where it's like, come, come down and learn how to do real estate with zero out of your pocket and blah, 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 blah. From your mother's basement, you can become a millionaire. And I literally say that with that voice, with that tone. Yep. And the seller goes, oh yeah, I've heard that on the radio. I go, okay, great. So how do you know that the people talking to you are not one of the people who have learned how to do this in some free seminar and they don't have four pennies to rub together. Yeah. Mm. And I ask those questions and they stop and they go, well, I guess I don't know. I go, well, can I give you some tips? Do you have a pen and paper? Let's write down a couple of things. And I then have them write these things down physically. <laughs> even if I'm on the phone, I, I want I'm like, Hey, do you have a pen and paper? They go, uh, I, you're going to want to write these down because even if I don't buy your house, I want to make sure I, I give you some tips 
to protect yourself from some tricky situations that you're walking down a path towards. Mm. And I always say, so did any of those offers have a 10 day inspection period? They go, yes, they do. Or if they say they don't, I go, can you pull out the contract? Let's pull out the contract. And a lot of times I would just get the seller to pull out other contracts or other offers they receive. Mm. They go, how many days does it say on the inspection period? And they go, well, this one says 30 days. or this one says 10 days. I go, okay. So if somebody's a cash buyer, they buy houses as is with no inspections and all this other stuff. Why would they need 10 days to inspect yep. a property that you've already sent them photos of or whatever else? Doesn't that sound a little fishy? It probably should be something more like three day inspection period. Mm. Now, I feel bad for, because there's newbies that are listening to this saying, this guy is ruining the game for us. I'm just telling you the honest truth. This is what I do. Yep. So I, I say, well, you know, if somebody wants 10 days, that kind of scares me. How much is the earnest money? And they go, uh, $10, $100, $1,000. Whatever that number is, it could be 10 bucks. Could be 100 bucks, could be 1,000, whatever it is. I typically go, wow, that's all they're giving towards you to show you how serious they are about this contract? Yep. I would suggest asking them for $10,000. Yep. And I would also suggest, I'm so sorry, this, for people that are brand new are like, what are you doing? <laughs> And I'll give you, I'll give you the way that that's, this actually works out because I've never had to give a seller $10,000, mm. but I always um, plant the seed. And I say, my feeling is if somebody's really serious about their pro your property and the price that they're offering you, that they would show you how serious they are by giving you as high amount of earnest money that, you, that makes you feel safe in the transaction. Do you yeah. feel safe with $100 or $1,000 earnest money? Mm. And they'll say, no, actually. I go, okay, great. I would suggest going back to those investors and saying, uh, if you're going to, if we're going to move forward, I need $10,000 in earnest money. Yeah. And I also would put in the contract that states you need to receive a receipt within 12 hours of the contract being signed that the $10,000 has hit the title company and the title company has the $10,000. Yeah. Mm, dude, that's now. I feel bad for brand new investors because you think that I'm now going to turn around and give the seller the $10,000. But the reality is in the hundreds of times I've done this, hundreds and hundreds of times I've done this, I've never had a seller ask me hmm. for the $10,000 hmm. because I've established credibility. I've established um, rapport. I've given them tips and I've, I've protected them from other people. And then this is what I say. I go, here's what I think is going to happen. Most of the time when you tell people, I want $10,000 earnest money and you want your inspection period to come down. And also once you sign the contract, you can't have access to the property until, the, until you close escrow. You've already had access. You've already gotten photos. Why do you need to get access again? Yeah. Um, if you're buying the house as is, then why do you need to continually have access? Yeah. Again, people listening to this are like, what are you doing, Pace? You're, you're putting me in a situation where I need an inspection period. And I need all these things. I'm like, guys, never once have I given the seller these items. I just tell the seller that if the other people don't have them, they probably should be leery. That's all I'm saying. So the seller will go, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, I, I'm going to go back and I go, here's what I think is going to happen. You're going to go back to these investors. And you're going to tell them these are things that you want. And if they don't reply back to you with positivity of like, absolutely, I'll give you all those things, then you know those people live in their mom's basement mm. and they learned how to do real estate three days ago. <laughs> if, if I really need to, I'll, leave, I'll put the screws down really, really hard where I'll go, hey, are you in front of a computer? And they'll go, yeah. And I go, let's go look at my LLC. Mm. I want to show you on public record that I bought X amount of properties last month yep. with this LLC that has my name on it. Mm. So another way to verify whether people are buying properties or they're, you know, going to not perform is why don't you look on public record at their LLC yep. and see how many houses they've closed. Now, guys, I don't do this in every appointment. I do this in appointments where there's tremendous amount of competition. Mm. Gotcha. These are the ways that I get deals from people when there's 15 other wholesalers offering $5 and $50 more than each other and trying to bid. And they're going after the seller the same way. I'm just going in with credibility and saying, here's what I've got. So if I'm a brand new investor, 
I'm going to give you a tip. If I'm brand new, I've never done a deal before. You need to do what I wish I did years and years and years ago. Don't be an island. Go find a Trevor Mock. Go try to find a Pace Morby. Go find a John Martinez, a Steve Trang in your market and say, hey, if I need to borrow your credibility and we could JV on a deal, let's say I run into a highly competitive transa transaction, I need somebody to back me with credibility. Are you willing to do that? Every one of these people is going to say yes. Mm, yeah. So even if you don't have these things I'm saying, go find somebody and networking and getting these relationships is part of this game anyway. So start from day one doing that. Go find five or six people to squat up with. Then when you run into these one in 20 leads that are highly, highly, highly competitive and the seller only wants top dollar, you can utilize those strategies I just brought up and leverage somebody else's credibility so you don't feel like you're standing there with your pants down. Dude, this, this, this is so good, man, because one of the big things that we, that we talk about here at Carrot, and we've been talking about it for years, is we're in the age of credibility. And, mm -hmm. and as, as wholesalers and, and real estate agents as well, what happens is we're, we're going out there offering a fundamentally similar or exact same service, right? I can buy your house for cash. That's what they say. Uh, buy your mm -hmm. house for cash, close quickly, the whole thing. And so if every other investor is going out there offering something similar, I can buy quickly, I can close with cash. Then what what is the seller actually looking at then to differentiate all the all the investors versus each other? The only other thing is their credibility. It's like if they all are offering something similar, it's then who am I comfortable with actually closing the transaction, making this happen? Or someone comes in with a fundamentally different value proposition, which you can do that as well with, with creative finance. So you're actually able to get best of both worlds here. If you come in with creative finance, which is another podcast uh, with a fundamentally different value prop to get them their highest price and better in really good terms, and you come in with credibility, dude, it's, it's game over. Um, one quick question on this. So uh, this is more of like a, a novel question. In your market, how many of your competitors text message you and say, Pace, I ran into another one of your deals or the sellers? Oh, sellers all, the back to them. <laughs> all the time. When Pete, so this is what's funny is I have a seller right now. Oh my gosh. I almost want to show you this on a screen share. So I have a wholesaler that texted me the other day. And they go, hey, um, I ran into this seller, but he says he refuses to work with anybody but Pace Morby. Um, and I get, gosh, I, I want to like find this. I can't remember. So I have a seller and we do this with our sellers all the time. So once we get a house under contract, we coach our sellers to say, thank you so much for your inquiry. Please reach out to Pace Morby if you have any questions. I'm currently under contract and I make sure they say my name. I give them the text to like copy and paste, copy and paste, copy and paste. So I get a lot of wholesalers that are like, you're so genius. And they send me a screenshot of the seller saying, please reach out to Pace Morby. He currently is buying my house. That is funny. Then I get seller finance deals where seller finance or subject to, sometimes I take a, you know months of follow-up right? And well, all deals do. So a lot of, a lot of deals, seven, seven out of 10 deals for us require follow-up. Mm. Um, it's only about 30% of our deals that we get. Um, we get a lead and we close it within two or three weeks. Usually our, our leads are a month to four or five months, right? Somewhere in that time frame. So I get a text from a wholesaler frequently where they go, man, this guy refuses to work with anybody but Pace Morby. <laughs> And they'll like, that's, that's the text I just got like two days ago where they were like, man, how do you do this? And I go, well, here's the thing. I'm looking for the bunnies. Yep. And they're like, looking for the bunnies. What are you talking about? Um, let's see. Yeah. She, so Sunday, May 30th. So it's been a couple of weeks. She says, Hey there, have you talked to a guy named Steve on 50 or 32nd Avenue? I sent the contract over and he said, this doesn't say Pace Morby's name on it. I thought you were working with Pace Morby. Uh, that's funny. That's and she awesome. says, I know Pace Morby, but no, I don't work with him. And she go, he goes, have him call me. I'm ready to sign. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Dude, it creates, so, it's such a huge advantage. You know, when, it's a huge advantage. Here's the thing is my first deal I ever got, I'm going to be really quick on this. My first deal I ever got I go to the appointment, guys, I didn't even know what an assignment contract was. Like that's how little you have to know to be successful in this business. Yeah. And I go to the appointment, I meet with the lady. She's a retired school teacher. She's leaving Arizona, going up to Oregon to retire. Mm. 
maybe it was Roseburg. I didn't, I, who knows? <laughs> um, and I go into the appointment and I find out that I had to buy this property. How did I find this out? I, I, I found I had to buy the property for two thirty-five. Mm. Okay. In order for me to make money. I knew that because I went and squatted up with a gentleman named Jamil Damji. Mm. I said, Jamil, how much money should I pay for this house? I have no idea how to comp a property. Mm. Jamil says, buy it for two thirty-five dollars or less, and we'll both make money. I go, all right. So I go to the appointment. The lady says to me, yeah, I've got another offer at two fifty, dollars And I go, well, I'm nowhere near the two fifty, dollars and I'm sorry I can't help you. But as I'm leaving your house, is there anything else I can do for you? And she says, what? What do you mean? I go, yeah. I mean, you're moving to Oregon. Is there anything you need help? Like, I own a construction company. Um, do you want my guys to come help you load stuff in your trailer? Do you need some landscape cleaned up? What, what do you need? And I'll happily give it to you. And she goes, why would you do that? You're not going to make any money. I go, well, you know, you're a school teacher. You need all the help you can get. She hmm. goes, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this is crazy that you would even offer that. Hmm. I, she goes, I don't need any help with anything, but thank you so much. That was so sweet of you. I leave. I thought that was the end of the conversation calls me up two days later and she goes, Hey, were you serious about helping me? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. How can I help you? She says, I've got these bunnies mm. and I don't know what to do with these bunnies. They're these massive like Cadbury egg bunnies, the mm -hmm. big boys. Right. <laughs> and we, my granddaughter raised them. We need to find a home for them, but I'm afraid of like who I would give them to. Do you know anybody that can take these bunnies and keep them safe? I go, my mom can. Mm. And even though my mom doesn't want the bunnies, my mom can help you find a place for these bunnies to live. Guys, I'm telling you, this is an absolute true story. Yeah, yeah. That's how I got my first deal. <laughs> so um, she goes, okay, great. So my mom drives up to the house. My mom picks up the bunnies. My mom, long story short, this is months after I closed the deal. My mom found a place for these bunnies to go live, another person's farm. And um, so I get the, the bunnies, my mom picks up the bunnies and the next day, her name's Janie, the, sell, the seller. Janie calls me up and she goes, I'd like to sell my house to you. Mm. And I go, I, Janie, I told you, I can't give you the 250 you're looking for. And she says, no, I want to sell my house for whatever price you want to sell, you want really? to buy it for. Wow. Mm. And I go, I got to be at 235. I'm really, really sorry, but it's so far off. I doubt you'd want to go with me. Mm. She goes, no, I want to go with the person I trust. Mm. So she sells it to me for two thirty-five. I didn't even know how to fill out a purchase contract. I had to get somebody else to help me out with that. Like that guys, I'm telling you, mm, yeah. I think that guys like Trevor and myself just woke up one day and knew how to do all this stuff. You just got to go talk to sellers. Right. So, um, I buy it for two thirty-five. Jamil goes and sells it for like two seventy. Mm. I could have paid two fifty. Yep. Easily could have paid two fifty one. Yep. But I'm, it was the best lesson I could have ever learned is that it's never about the number and it's never about the house. It's always about, did you find the bunnies? Mm. Did you find the bunnies? So I teach my sales team right now. All, every single lesson is always about, well, what bunnies? What bunnies does the seller have? What are the problems you're not seeing? Mm. What are the things the seller ne needs help with? Have you dug deep enough to find the bunnies that the seller needs to rehome. Mm. And the bunnies could be something like, I really need help evicting a tenant. Gotcha. I really need help with X, whatever it is, right? But did you find the bunnies and did you dig deep enough that they felt comfortable telling you where the bunnies are located? Mm. Dude. Dude, that's, that's, that's so good, man. That's so good. And the thing, and this goes all the way back to the first part of, the, of this podcast where we talked about people, where we talked about getting to know your sellers, truly, you know, wanting to hang out with them and, and really shifting out of that mindset, y'all, you guys, guys and gals that are watching this, shifting out of that mindset of going in, trying to go point by point on a script and then just going for the number, going for the close because at the end of the day there might not be a close but there is a person sitting there and we can build a relationship we can add humanity back to the process and and also uh, help to build an amazing reputation of the investor industry like like that for me is part of my personal mission is to help 
help to change that tide of some of the some of the craziness that goes on in all of real estate, retail real estate, wholesale real estate, and have people show up and truly care about the person that they're in, which is crazy, crazy cool. Well, dude, we've got a couple minutes here. Let me toss one last question. If you had to pick one other paceism, like one other sticky situation that um, you say something and it helps to it helps to get through that situation. What would one more be that we can toss to the audience they can take back to their next seller meetings? Um, one of the most common things, and you guys will see every once in a while on some of my logos, you'll see an alien on my like mastermind logos and I'll have aliens on all sorts of stuff. And that came from a conversation I had with a seller, hmm. right? Conversation I had with a seller was seller asked me a question all the time about, well, what about, um, like, let's say I'm doing a creative finance deal where I take over their mortgage or the seller seller finances the deal to me and they go, well, what happens if you don't make the payments? Mm. Right. And I, I used to say this thing where I'd say, well, um, what if I get hit by a bus? You know, a seller, that's a great question. Let's imagine I get hit by a bus and I no longer can make your payments. And then I ran into a seller whose brother died from um, getting hit by a bus and oh, she told me you. not to use that analogy anymore. So I was like, Okay. That's like a very common like thing that people say, I yeah. guess I can't use that anymore. So I came up with a new one that I'm like, there's nobody in the world that's ever been abducted by aliens. So I said, <laughs> um, I started saying, well, yeah, let's imagine I get abducted by aliens and I'm no longer even on the planet. Mm -hmm. Obviously I can't make the payment. So if I can't make the payment, what happens? And I give them the answer. And then I, the, the real answer is, well, that could be the best thing that ever happened to you. Mm -hmm. If this actually does you know, unfold that way. Mm. So um, me saying, imagine if I get abducted by aliens. Mm. Okay. So for example, this is a really, really good one for a cash transaction. Okay. Seller says, um, yeah, I'm talking to other wholesalers. Da, 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 da. I go, okay, well, imagine those wholesalers get abducted by aliens in the middle of your transaction mm. and they can't fulfill the obligation that they signed. How are you protected? Mm. Yeah. They're not even on planet earth anymore. Imagine that. And I, you know, have them imagine somebody getting pulled off the planet by an alien, you know, getting beamed up. Yeah. And I go, do you have enough earnest money? Do you have enough protection? Do you have the ability to move to a different contract? If not, we need to rethink what you're, you, what the conversations you're having with these other investors. Mm. By me saying, imagine if these people got abducted by aliens, how are they going to fulfill your obligation? I become an advisor to them on their transaction rather than the adversary, mm. right? So use that line. I promise you, imagine if I got abducted by aliens for creative finance, mm. or imagine if the other investors got abducted by aliens, that line is the craziest thing that you will, you will never hear crazier things coming out of a, a seller's mouth as after you state that line. Yeah, dude. This, this, this is awesome, man. And one, one thing with that too, is it creates, it creates interesting conversation. It's something that the, the sellers aren't going to be hearing that every day. Um, right. And like you said, they're going to be, it's going to cause them to think and it's going to create that conversation, uh, which is, which is amazing. You know, the is talking about lines. So yeah. I, I went out and I got a deal the other day, seller finance deal. Um, seller has owned the house for 30 plus years, whatever. I, my team sets the appointment. I go on the appointment for creative finance deals when I have the time because mm -hmm. I love doing them. The first line I said to the seller, the first line, I literally get out of my truck. He gets out of his truck. We're on two different sides of the street. We meet in the middle of the street to shake hands, right? Everybody does that. The first thing most people will say is, hey, are you Tom? Mm -hmm. Hey, Tom, I'm Pace. Yeah. Okay. Common stuff. Everybody does it. I think about it differently. How can I make this conversation start? Not even that, like I really need the deal, but how can I have fun in this transaction? Yeah. That's my question. How can I make this transaction fun? How can I make, even if it's a transaction where we, we walk away and I get a little bit of his wisdom because he owns a property. So he must know something I didn't know when I first started. Yeah. I'm going to try and extract that kind of like what we talked about earlier. But also, how do I start the tone off of this conversation different than any other stupid investor, yep. right? That's following the script. So my line is this. And I, you know, it's the same thing with Tre Trevor. You have like a gorgeous truck. So when you see, when somebody sees your truck, they notice your truck. Mm. 
you and I talked about trucks for like an hour or two when we were hanging out in Oregon, yeah. right? So it's the same thing with me. I notice things about the seller. So he drives up in a Chevy. I drive up in a Ford. Mm. Yep. So my first line to the seller was, you're not going to kick me off your property because I drove a Ford, are you? <laughs> Didn't even introduce myself. Yeah. Didn't yep. even introduce myself. I just got him laughing right out of the gate. So guys, think about it. How would you talk to a stranger that you're not trying to get something out of? Yeah. Right. You bump into them at Best Buy or you bump into them at Walmart or Target and you guys are both looking at the same cereal and you say something like, I'll wrestle, it's one last box left over and you go, I'll wrestle you for it. <laughs> you know, just funny things like that. Yep. Have a normal conversation because that's what people want. Yep. They don't want to feel like you're trying to extract something from them. Have a normal, fun conversation and think about it that way. You're not going to kick me off your property because I drove, drove up in a Ford, are you? Mm -hmm. That's a, not a line you're ever going to hear in somebody's script. No, 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 dude, that, that, that's, that's so good, man. Because same thing goes back to the human, it goes back to the human element, connecting with people and, and truly, tr truly getting out of the 0 0.1, 0 0.2, 0 0.5, 0 0.20, you know, negotiation scripting. Now scripts are good. Script, scripts are really useful. And we're giving away uh, uh, you know, scripts and bullet points and a bunch of paces, pacisms at carrot.com forward slash close. That's carrot.com forward slash close C L O S E. So you guys can get a ton of those things over there, but really yanking ourselves out of that mindset of I'm trying to get something from this person right away versus I just want to build a connection. And if we can end up working together and there's an amazing win-win. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Pace, dude, we, I, I could talk with you for hours, man. And uh, I'm I, bro, me too. I'm like, I feel like I'm just getting warmed up. I, <laughs> one last thing I want to say, hit, hit us, hit us. One th last thing I want to say, number one, actually two, two things. Number one, um, you are one of my absolute favorite people of all time. Unbelievable. It, like, Guys, I'm telling you, when you're listening to this man, he cares so much more than you can even believe. Mm -hmm. He shows it. You can feel it when you're learning from him. But when you're personally with this guy, there is not a better human than I've met in the last 10 years of my life. So Trevor, thank you so much for everything you do. You're unbelievable. Second thing I wanted to say is this, go back to the Yuma deal, the deal that I, I'm doing, um, we close in like a couple of weeks. The conversation with that seller was me trying to learn something. Mm, yeah. I authentically was trying to learn something authentically. So think about this, your sellers, typically, if you're a wholesaler, you're a real estate investor, you're much younger than most of your, your, um, clients, right? Most of the sellers. Yeah. What's the one thing, this is the goal you guys should have. What's the one thing I can leave this conversation or leave this appointment with that I didn't know about life in general mm. before I came to this appointment? And if you have that thought process of I'm going to learn something fun today, mm. or I'm going to have a great conversation with somebody, and I'm going to take that away, take a notepad, and write down that cool thing you learn. And by the way, talking about social media, a lot of people are horrible at social media, don't know how to create content. That's great content. Mm. Hey guys, went to an appointment today, learned this from a seller, didn't buy the house, but I learned I should do X, Y, and Z when doing blah, 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 blah. Mm. Amazing how much fun I have on these appointments. And if you think about every appointment, every conversation with that one goal in mind, you will destroy everybody else. Dude, dude, every appointment's a win at that point, right? It's not, did I get a contract or not? Yeah, we want to get contracts, but every single appointment's a win because you walk away with something, you walk away learning. Uh, you, you have that eagerness and excitement to go learn something versus the pressure of, oh my gosh, are they going to say yes? Or are they going to say no? Dude, I, I love it, man. I, I absolutely love it. And I want to echo the sentiments back at you, man. Just love the energy you put out to the, to the world. Love um, uh, how much you give. I, I, I think... I think it'd be hard for us to find anybody who gives more than Pace Morby in this industry right now. Um, and just guys, go follow Pace. I want to toss about Rudy, man. Where can people find more about you, follow you, and dig into more of what you do? Because we we hit the tip of the iceberg, and you do calls that are three hours long, four hours long, 16 hours long, where you're, where you're teaching these things for long periods of time. So where can people follow you, man? I've got this really cool thing I'm doing right now, Trevor. I'm super, super proud of it. Check this out. Most common question I get is how do I get started in real estate, right? In my Instagram DMs, my YouTube stuff, like people are consuming content 
and um, they're trying to get into this business. And we, as people who are trying to influence them to be successful, are like really trying to help them become successful. So I came up with this new challenge. It is a zero to hero challenge. We're starting it on June 21st. Mm. And by the time you release this, who knows? It might be dated. I don't know. Um, But the zero to hero challenge is this. We had my Facebook group, uh, Creative Finance with Pace Morby. That Facebook group voted on a random city and Mm. it ended up being Charlotte, North Carolina. Cool. Yeah. What are we doing in that new city? We are starting a brand new business from scratch. So literally what we'll be doing is we'll go, okay, we need a carrot website. Yep. Guys, watch us build a, web, a carrot website. All right, we need a list. Okay, guys, we need um, a, an LLC. Watch us do this. So for three hours every day, three weeks straight. So a combined, what is that? It's like close to 60 hours. Yep. We're going to create a 60 hour series of you watching us build a business from, Hey, I'm, my pockets are empty. I have nothing in anything. Just watch me build this business. And in three weeks, I have a full blown lead generation, um, multiple deals under contract in a random city. I don't have any resources in watch me do it live. I'm not going to give you instruction. Yep. Watch me do it. That is cool. So we're doing that right now. Um, those are the fun things I like to do because it gives me, um, it's like, plugging into an energy source where I don't feel like I'm doing the same thing everybody else is doing. And it's just, it may, again, it goes back to having fun with what we do. Right. Um, so watch out for that. That's going to go turn into a YouTube series, a series on my YouTube that I'm just giving away for free okay. in two weeks. I'm pulling the nationwide mobile home list. I don't know what it'll cost me. Maybe 50 grand. I don't know. I'm going to pull the nationwide mobile home park list. So anything that has a mobile home park of 25 um, pads or larger nationwide, I'm going to pull it. I'm going to skip trace it. And I'm going to give that away to everybody in the industry that shows up to the live for absolutely free. Mm, So um, watch out for that guys. Just go to my Instagram. Um, I really don't care if you sign up for my course or you don't sign up for my course. Um, If I were you, I wouldn't sign up for my course. I would go work for, with my students who would learn all this stuff and, and, and squat up with them, save your money for leads, save your money for getting a, a carrot website up and going. Trevor, all the trainings from like John Martinez, Steve Trang, Bo Hollis, where can everybody go find those? Uh, go to carrot.com forward slash close. And that's where you're gonna be able to find all four of the videos. You're gonna be able Amazing. to find the resources from each one of you guys. And, and that's what we're hoping guys, because as we look at it, you know, one of the biggest things with our clients is we help you get a lot of leads, but uh, an example, Bo and I started doing deals together. He's closing about one and two leads into a deal right now. Holy which is crazy. crap. Which is crazy, right? And, and it's a certain type of lead. It's Google pay-per-click and SEO leads. So they have higher intent anyway. But then when we have clients coming to us saying, man, I'm closing one in 15, one in 20, and, and they want more leads. I say, what if we just close more of the leads you're already getting and, and squeeze yeah, more of that out of it? So that's why we're doing this series is helping you guys close more deals with leads you already have, and then go stack on top of the leads you're already getting with other methods like Pace teaches and tons of other amazing people teach. So dude, I, I'm, I'm honored that you're on here with us. And what you talked about, the zero to hero is amazing. So guys go to Pace's Instagram, P-A-C-E-M-O-R-B-Y. I just look them up over there. Insanely prolific. Love following you over there, man. Watching, yeah, move into the new house, the family. You, I, I always love seeing the, uh, you know, what, what you've got going on. Um, and then also uh, check out his YouTube channel. Uh, same thing, Pace Morby, M-O-R-B-Y, and dig into the zero to hero. Dude, I'd love to see um, if your game, and not to put you on the spot, but if your game, uh, we at Carrot would love to help you on the zero to hero if there's anything we can do to promote it. And also, we'll probably, I'll probably get somebody on your team to actually walk us through on the, on the live. Like, hey, guys, yep. I'm pre- or, you know, hey, Carrot, pretend like I'm brand new. I have no idea what I'm doing. Yep. And I know you guys do this for people all the time, like helping on board and showing them tutorials. So if we could, we, I'd love to get 30 minutes from somebody on your team and pretend like I'm a brand new newbie yep. so that the audience that's watching this um, can go through all 60 hours. Just by the way, guys, this is a free live. Like this yep. is a free stinking live <laughs> watching. We're not going to do the carrot site in two months. No. We're going to do the carrot site at the very, very beginning. Cause that's what we need to start generating leads. So watch us and also credibility. Uh, the carrot site is like one of the biggest pieces of credibility when the seller's like, well, what's your company name? 
you go, well, yeah, go over to my website. Here's my thing. Here's my seller testimonials. Yep. Here's my this. Here's my blah, 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 whatever. You guys can watch us actually put this together. And then the next day when we're talking to sellers, reference that, that website. That's how fast we'll get this bad boy up and going dude. with Carrot's help. Let's do it, man. I love it, dude. Well, guys, uh, uh, toss some love to Paces, uh, Paces in. Go follow him on Instagram. Go find him on YouTube and, and subscribe. And go to care.com forward slash close. Get all of the resources. What I want to see you guys do is take these and put them to play. Hit me up on Instagram and say, you know what? I used Paces in number two, and I did the alien thing, and it worked amazingly well. And here's what worked great. <clears throat> you know, or, man, this thing from Steve Trang, I said this thing, and it, and it was amazing. It helped me build better trust and credibility with that seller. I want to hear those wins from you guys because that's what fires me up, just like Pace uh, fires him up to go do those fresh things, go implement things, go teach people how to do it, and see those wins coming back out the other end. So uh, this is going to conclude the series care.com forward slash close to get all the resources and paste dude. I appreciate you investing into the industry, investing into people and in carving out the time on a Saturday morning with me to, to dive into negotiation and just hang out. So hopefully I'll see you in a couple months golfing and abandoned. Yes. Right please. here, dude. Pacific. Thank you, brother. We're going to hit it. Yes. I like it. So guys have an amazing rest of the week. Pace. Thank you very much, man. And have an amazing week as well, dude. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you.